You're listening to the Stir Crazy Month Limited Series as part of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This first annual month-long event through the month of February focuses on the key short-term rental business pillars of safety, sustainability, trust, insurance, and regulations. This event could not happen without the support of our sponsors, and we need to give a special thank you to Proper Insurance for putting their full support behind this online event. Proper Insurance know that short-term vacation rentals don't fit into one insurance category, so Proper developed a speciality insurance policy that covers both commercial and personal use for your vacation rental. The question is, are you covered? Contact Proper Insurance today to get your questions answered. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. Let's get to the good stuff. Here is the ringmaster behind Stir Crazy Month and your host, Heather Bayer. How well do you know your guests before they arrive at your property? Have you spoken to them at all? Or is it all a bit of a gamble? Maybe it doesn't bother you anyway. In this episode, I'm joined by Leo Walton of Superhog to talk about guest screening in today's automated world. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. And welcome to week one of Stir Crazy Month. We are going to be talking about the foundations of our business, safety, sustainability, trust, insurance and regulations. We needed another acronym in our business, didn't we? So now we've got one. So every week of February, we are discussing one of these topics. And as I said, this week is safety. And it's hard to believe that February's already here. And uh, to think we'll be heading back to Ontario next month after this particularly wit and wit, particularly wet and windy winter in Gulf Shores, Alabama. So back in the day, I seem to say that a lot, but it was all so much simpler back then. Back in the day, we screened our guests really carefully. In fact, the form that we had that potential guests filled in was was really lengthy. So remember, we're talking 25 years ago when data protection wasn't as big an issue as it is now. People then were a lot more open with sharing personal information because we asked for the names and ages and occupations. Yes, occupations of every adult in a group. We asked for their children's names and ages. We took a driver's license number. And most of the property managers in our part of the world asked for proof of home insurance, as well as information on whether they rented or owned their home. Looking back, it was a ridiculous amount of data we collected, most of which wasn't used. But it helped us feel confident we knew who we were renting to. And we talked to them. We actually had real conversations on the phone, which actually, incidentally, is what phones were invented for in the first place. So by the time that our guests arrived, we had a really good handle on the group, why they'd chosen the property. We knew what their wants and needs were and their dreams for a good vacation. We were happy. They were happy because they knew they'd chosen a genuine property and they had got to ask every question they had. 
Then along came online booking, then instant booking, and no one wanted to share any data about themselves, which I completely understand now. And the world of vacation rentals changed. We had a much tougher time with owners who wanted to be assured we knew who was renting their home. And of course, we couldn't get all that information that made us feel 100% confident. And we occasionally messed up because a guest hadn't been upfront on what they really wanted and they made the wrong choice of property, mainly because they hadn't read the description or asked any questions. And it became so much more impersonal. Anyway, guest screening can still happen. It just needs good systems, an understanding of how guests want to communicate, and maybe some help from outside platforms. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Leo Walton from Superhog to talk about all of this and to share his thoughts on how we can still know our guests in this world of automation and AI. Well, I'm super happy to have back with me once again, that's Leo Walton from Superhog. Leo, always an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to see you. We we had a very brief re-meeting in Orlando at the Verma conference and uh, never have enough time really to, to sit and chat because um, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, the feeling is very mutual. Thank you for having me on. It's lovely to be here. I feel like we have this... Um, we have these moments, don't we? We have these sort of two, two or three days every few months in the calendar where we kind of see each other everywhere at the coffee bars and at the parties. And then and then off we go into hibernation for a few more months. It's a strange pattern, isn't it? I know. It's a weird world. It's a weird, a weird world we all live in, but it's a fun one. I know you're, I mean, yeah. you're heading off to the STR Wealth Conference soon. So that's going to be fun. I'm not going to be at that one, but I, I hope you enjoy that with the bands and the, the hype. Yeah. And it's, I'm, it's, looking, it's a, I'm looking forward to it. It's a Nashville-based one, yeah. So it's music. Is it now? now forgive me because I'm not as knowledgeable as I should be. Is it mu- people call it Music City? Is that right? Or be- rock and Roll I, City? Yeah, I believe music so. City. I was in Nashville for the Women's Summit and the Darm Conference back ah, in yeah. December, and I didn't I really didn't get to go and listen to any of the music or see the stuff. But my Uber from the rental to the hotel every day took me right through the centre of Nashville. So I got to see everything, even if it was in daylight when when people don't look as fun as they do at night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also there's that moment, isn't there, Heather, which I know you and I always experience where you just feel delighted that that you weren't one of the people that was out very late and looking that dishevelled first thing in the morning. Um, There's always that when you walk down Broadway in Nashville or somewhere equivalent at sort of 10 o'clock in the morning. My experience, and I went, I went last year, great conference, really, really educational, really informative, was even if you went to the smallest side street burger restaurant, the food was lovely across the board and the music, mm-hmm. the live music was incredible. You know, like, I, and I, I live in northeast London and there is exactly zero live gigs in all the pubs in my neighbourhood and I don't understand why. I'd love a bit of live music and no one's playing any, but in Nashville you go to the burger van and, and the bands are fantastic. It's a, it's a very cool spot. Yes, yeah, it's it's lovely. So I hope you have a wonderful time there. But I've grabbed you for the next 30 to 40 minutes for a very important purpose. And this is um, this episode is part of our safety week in Stir Crazy Month. This all came about really because I saw a post by Justin Ford. It was after Verma and it was before the Rent Responsibly annual virtual summit. 
and Justin was promoting Rent Responsibly's summit. And he was saying that he enjoys going to all these conferences, but he thinks there should be more attention paid to the topics that actually are at the core of our business, that everybody needs to to be good at if the businesses are going to survive. And those, those core things are safety, their sustainability, trust, insurance and regulations. And if you don't pay attention to all of those, as Justin said, you may not be here in five or 10 years time. I couldn't agree more, Heather. I think I always say to people, you have a trust and safety strategy, then you're, you're essentially accepting that something at some point will go wrong. Very fatalistic, you're accepting that something will go wrong. And it's you know, there's a quote, the Warren Buffett quote in regard regarding investments, investing that I think is so relevant here is it's only when the tide goes out that you can tell who's been swimming with their pants down. And that <laughs> is how trust and safety is in this space, whether it be safety, whether it be regulation, building compliance, screening, protection, you know, whatever we're talking about, it's you can get away with it for a while, but you cannot get away with it forever. And you can't build a long lasting, sustainable business like that. No, ex- exactly. And you know, I know this after 20 years as a property manager, something will go wrong at some time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared for it, you really are, you know, as you say, caught with your pants down. COVID was, of course, a great example of, of that. And there were a lot of people who were caught very, very surprised when that came along. But we're not here to talk about, we're not going to talk about COVID. I sort of mm-hmm. banned COVID off my, uh, <laughs> off my plate. I promise I, I, I promise I won't mention it. I promise <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about the topic of, of guest screening because that is such an essential part of safety. And I think when people are thinking about the whole issue of safety and vacation rentals, they're, they're, they're thinking, oh, gosh, do I have an up-to-date fire extinguisher? Are my CO monitors working? Is my rug a trip hazard? They tend not to think so much about themselves and how they can be protected. And to me, guest screening is all about safety. It's all about keeping hosts and managers safe, keeping their business. Well, there is a there's a word, and, and it's 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 escaped it's escaped me. And and I will probably come back to that and edit this bit yeah, out. Yeah. What is that word? <laughs> oh, anyway, but it's all about. It, it, it's Maybe all, I'll say it. Yeah, maybe you will. It's all about yeah, yeah. looking after our businesses. And and that, I was going to use that word again. It's all about looking yeah. after our businesses. So we're going to talk about screening, about guest screening, because as, as I said in the introduction, it was so much easier way back when people didn't care about their personal information. You know, oh, yeah, I don't care if telling you what my home insurance number is or, or my social security number they didn't care 25 years ago, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a quarter of a century and things have changed massively now. People are much more protective of their personal data. They don't want to talk about themselves. They barely even want you to know their names. So I want to start off really, Leo, with why is it still important to know our guests? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you've touched on such important themes there around data protection and security. Clearly, that's really important. And, you know, we have to we have to respect that. We have to try and create a guest centric environment right? as, as operators. And 
ensure that people feel comfortable handing over the bits and bobs of information you might require to either be compliant in your local area or just make sure that you feel safe doing business. You're not going to get caught with parties and drug deals and awful things like that. It is still very important, obviously, to get to know who your guest is. And I would say, look, I start from the position of wanting to trust the guest, but I also want to verify that that's the right thing to do. So, you know, the best way to build trust is to make sure that you're confident that you've got the right guest. And that then becomes a big opportunity marketing to that guest again and trying to retain them because you're you're able to start curating the journey towards their need, learning a bit about them. So knowing your guest, that goes way beyond just getting those key bits of information from them. It's also starting to build that personal connection. And then from there, you know, there could be a WhatsApp message. Why are you coming? Oh, can I, uh, then you leave a bottle of champagne in the fridge. All those lovely, nice to do things. So it doesn't just have to be big, scary compliance protection parties. It's also it's an opportunity to personalize that, that whole experience. And that's what I would say is a really important thing to remember as a property manager. Um, and you've got to be guest centric while also getting the piece of information you need to run the types of checks that you can run on, on, on people's data to make sure they're giving an honest account of who they are. Another thing I think is that knowing your guests, screening, pointing to it in your in your literature, on your listings, on your website, the fact that you screen or that you 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 ask them for more information, however you want to phrase it, is an incredibly good deterrent. And I think that that's often the unspoken thing that by having this risk management strategy in place that might include things that are particularly important in your market, wherever you are in the world and whatever guests you're used to having and the types of problems that can occur in your market specifically, people who read your listing and say, oh, well, this company is very professional. They're taking it very seriously. Oh, OK, well, actually, we'll go and we'll go and stay at the one down the street because there's no checks and balances there. And that's where we'll, we can get on with whatever we wanted to do undisturbed. So, you know, that's going to help filter, but also it's going to help you grow and retain your business from a host perspective, an owner perspective, because that's going to really give the owner trust that you're professional and you're taking it seriously. So how would you phrase it? How, how would I describe yeah, it? How would you list? phrase it on a website, you know, that, that you know, we, we're going to check you out? Yeah. Well, I would say if you're working with a screening provider, so, you know, namely someone like Superhog, but you say, look, we, your, your details will be screened as part of your booking process. And then at that point, you can also add into, you know, you'll be asked to sign our rental agreement because you might pop the rental agreement in there. That's also a really good way of building trust, building professionalism. You know, this is a contract that we built as a property manager to make sure that there's a rules of engagement between the guest and us. So, you know, that can go in there. Your, your details will be screened. You'll be asked to sign our rental agreement and you'll be asked to pay a security deposit. In there, in so saying that, you've provided them with, with, a, with the exact layout of what's going to happen next and the opportunity to say, I don't want to pay a security deposit or I don't want to be screened or I don't want to sign a rental agreement. I will go elsewhere. But to most logical, normal people, they're going to look at that and go, that's perfectly fine. I'm dealing with a professional company. You can also lean on the fact that if you're in a state or a country where you have to take that information to be compliant, you can also mention that it's local regulation. It's a, uh, often it's a requirement of a building if you're in a big multifamily unit. You can lean on those things. But again, be professional. Highlight why you're doing it. It's to make sure they're safe, you're safe. It's it's not a lack of trust. It's just making sure that you're both going into this with your eyes open. That's interesting because I know when, I, when I've been to Europe, I mean, particularly Italy, 
and stayed in properties there. Somebody's always come around from the property management company or the owner has come around once we've usually once we've arrived to collect information that is personal details, it's passport information. Yeah. And that was always made clear during the booking post process that you're going to have to supply this on your arrival. But of course, you know, in the US, in Canada, really it's anybody anybody can book and and come to your home so let's let's just go to the OTAs you know Airbnb will tell us that that they do screening what does that consist of they they definitely do ID checks right on on, on everyone that that starts to use their, their their platform as a guest but there's no deeper background checking going on you know they're not running these people's names and details against fraud databases databases to do with damage and really you know it takes a it takes a village you know to, to solve these problems so it, the, the the fraud the, the fraud lists are always growing the type of frauds are always changing so you know if someone uses an email address for some purchase and then maybe does a chargeback on that purchase there's ways of being able to track that is that email real does it link to the phone number is the phone number deliverable they're not doing anything of, of that nature they're just checking the the, the id of the person to the extent that you can also change your name on Airbnb, right? So, you know, you go through their screening and then you might change your profile name, you might change your profile um, email. But don't get me wrong, they're, you know, they're they're doing something which, you know, which is obviously a good thing. The people I speak to, clients and people in the industry, I don't think there's any difference in in damages between Airbnb and the rest of the OTAs. It's so it's not, it's clearly not uh, a particularly deep, a particularly deep deep level of screening that get, that's going on but again it's a deterrent it's something it's 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 focusing people's minds on on the fact they need to take it seriously and and, and they are going somewhere so something's better than nothing but clearly i think you need a joined up approach which is using different data points to tell you different things to make sure that the person is genuinely who they are and who they've said they are at that moment mm-hmm. and also you know really you if you if you want an id check and cross-reference to be part of your screening and again it doesn't have to be you might just background screen fraudulent fraud checks things of that nature i think you want to do it in the moment because Mm -hmm. that's where you can make sure that all the other pieces of information match right rather than when someone joined a platform two years ago yeah it's in this this whole word screening is interesting because you know we we used to ask about name we had names and ages of every member of the group so you know we'd have this form and we'd look at it and we'd actually go is this group right for the property they've chosen. So you'd see that there is, uh, you know, there's a family group and there's grandma who's 89 and grandpa is 92. And you know that this property has 30 steps down from the car parking area to the property. And then another 90 steps down from the property to the waterfront. So we'll be able to go back and say, you know, we've seen that you're bringing your parents, your elderly parents or your grandparents, and this property has these features that you may not consider to be the perfect spot for them. And and we found being able to do that just created this, this element of trust with the guests who just went, oh my gosh, we didn't know, even though it was, of course, it was in the listing, but they, who reads the listings? They would trust us because we'd gone back and said, this isn't going to be the property for you. Let's choose another one. That's what I loved about having that information. So it wasn't so much having an ID checked. It was it was about delivering information that you could actually use to create a yeah. relationship. How can we do that now? 
Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. So I, I, the example I always give is that because we're because, you know, th- that anecdote, Heather, we're going back 25 years, right? With, with that anecdote, right? Probably only um, going back about 10. OK, we, we were so still when, we were still collecting a... names and ages, really, up, up to the time we sold the business a couple of years ago. Yeah, I suppose it became harder, though, right, as time went on, I guess the. So I think, you know, if you're going back yeah. pre OTA days or when it was like a brochure or you put an advert in a in a magazine. So my dad was the holiday organizer in our family and he used to find these lovely villas or, you know, holidays, holiday homes in Devon and things like that. And he'd find it. He'd phone the, he'd phone the owner. They'd have a conversation. And through that conversation, that owner was doing what you've just described. Mm-hmm. So they knew two little boys, mum and dad turn up, no pets. Thank God, probably that's what they're thinking. Turn up in their in their Volvo estate car in the 90s and off they go two weeks. And we probably rebooked the same places time and time again. The industry's completely changed now, right? You can take bookings 24 hours a day from anywhere in the world, super fast moving. So you have to automate that process as much as possible because you just don't get the time mm-hmm. to, 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 to give that person a phone call up front and ask all those questions. Now, I would say you still want to build into that process that handheld hey, do you know what? I'm always here to jump on a phone call. Thanks for giving us this information. It allows us to be compliant, work out, you know, work out how best to serve your needs. But I'm also available if you want to speak on the phone. So you mix the kind of the personal with the practical, the things you Mm -hmm. really, really need. So if you need ID check, you don't always need ID check. If you just want to learn a little bit more about them to make sure they are who they say they are, that's when you can then ask them, what time are you arriving? Would you like to have a phone call? Would you like me to meet you at the property? But all of that stuff does get harder because Again, people are more, more used to working in a way that they communicate with someone on, on live chat or email, text message. They expect to find a key box or a, or a smart door when they arrive at the property and they expect to be let straight in. That is the way of things. So to try and accelerate that process, you as a, you as a property manager, your only choice is to automate, isn't it? Or you go really heavy on the handheld and you only have a handful of properties. But that's only really possible for, I guess, the people in the luxury market, right? Well, you know, I'd argue that we, we, you know, we were still working in that way back in 2018, and yeah. and we had okay. nearly 200 properties, and maybe it was expectations, maybe it was expectations, and we were also 90% book direct. I mean, that's the key, right? Yeah, that's the key. That is the key. And COVID, and I said I wouldn't talk about it, and I have. So you can, you, you <laughs> okay, can, that, uh, you can. That, that's a that's a checkbox thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to find me. You're not going to invite me back now, are you? Because I talked about it. <laughs> COVID changed the game, didn't it? Because suddenly people were like, okay, now my it doesn't matter how much the client's paying for it. I have no chance of meeting them, so I've got to come up with a solution, smart lock, automate things like screening. And then many people just never went back because they thought, well, you know, why would I now send a human being? So again, I, I'm really pro the mix of that, but I like the personal being mixed with the with with the automated. I think you've always just got to go, you've got to go the extra mile for people. So my background, you know, my non-corporate background, my non-working background was I was always I was brought up always working in restaurants as a as a young person from about the age of 14, initially washing pots and then serving food and then serving alcohol when I got old enough. Lots of stories there, Heather, you can imagine. Um <laughs> as a young man and I loved it and it was and it was all about this idea that doesn't matter what's going on in the kitchen what chaos what noise what's gone wrong when you're on the shop floor when you're on the restaurant floor you're charming brilliant everything's calm everything's tranquil 
and, I've, and and I think any business you're in that I think you always have to you always have to keep an eye on that so I'm really pro this idea that you that you try and find creative solutions I just think the reality of it is it it, it, it does become hard at scale but you watch people doing it and you watch people doing it fab, fab, fabulously well and uh, you know you can use things you can use tech to your advantage right let like are you, are you on whatsapp I'll send you a whatsapp message before you know it you're sending you're sending them pictures of the space because they're worried that the, mm. the bed might, might be too small for their grandma or the stairs, the examples you've just given. So you can use tech to, to, to enhance that hyper-personalization. But in a, in, if you're in a market where you're getting 80% of your bookings through one OTA, mm-hmm. 10% of your bookings through the other OTAs, and then you've got a very small percentage of, of um, direct bookings, then, then, it, then it's a lot more challenging, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I have to say, I was never in that in in that situation because with over twenty years, we built up this very large proportion of return guests. And and you mentioned yeah. that earlier on. Once you do that, you're in a different territory because you already know them. You've got information on them. They've been seen their reviews, and it's uh, it's a much easier thing. Okay, I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments. So I'm here with Nick Massey from Proper Insurance to answer some of the most pressing questions owners and managers have about short-term rental insurance. Nick, let's kick off with this one. Many owners believe their regular homeowners policies will cover short-term rentals. I know I did. So what are these policies missing for a home that's going to be rented out in this market? Well, the biggest thing about your regular homeowners policies is that they're just that. They're for your primary home. And so when we start doing short-term rentals at our second residence for, for topic of this question, it's no longer your primary residence. And the definitions in the policy say it has to be your residence premises. So you could be completely voiding your entire insurance contract by trying to maintain and run with a regular homeowner's insurance policy. So it's it's so important to have those conversations and make sure you have the right coverage in place. And you're explicit that it's not your primary home. That is a second home that you generate revenue from. That is a great answer. I think that's one that everybody needs to take note of. So we're talking about sort of the what call the soft and fluffy stuff, communicating with guests, which something I mentioned in the introduction, you know, I talk about calling people. That is really, I know, not what many people want these days. They want that text. They want the WhatsApp. You know, we forget that what that telephone was invented for in the first place. But that's my seniority coming out I on that want, one. <laughs> Heather, I still want you to call me. <laughs> and you can call me anytime you want. I'm always up for. I'm always up for a chat. I love. No, it, it, I love I, a good I find it crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, you and I could talk for hours, and we always do. We do when we see each other. I find it crazy. You know, like I say to, I say, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, and it's. But then I'm. If I if I get a, a phone call, my first instinct is, well, why is this person phoning me? What's happened? What's gone wrong? <laughs> yeah. And I know that I I revert to text a lot these days, rather than you know cold calling somebody. If I'm trying to make a connection, I will go to text and make that connection or go to LinkedIn and make that connection first before I pick up the phone. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. I mean, you've got tiny children, one with with one more coming. I wonder what life is going to be like for them in 20 years' time. 
Yeah, very much so. I often, I often think that I'm like, you know, because the, the, as soon as you show them a screen, they go wild for it. You know, they love it, right? So you try and ration, ration screen time. But yeah, I think, uh, I think just more of that, more automation, less. I think people picking up the phone and more integrated, integrated services that mean you don't have to hop between your apps in, 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 in quite the same way. And that's, I think, how the vacation rental industry also needs to, it needs to be setting itself up, right? Well, I think we often forget this because we're we're crunching away solving our problems normally working from our homes on our laptops but the vast majority of guests are just doing it all on the mobile phone they're searching on the mobile phone they're certainly doing their check-in on the mobile mm-hmm. phone that so needs to be mobile friendly fast and and if you have too many clicks in your in your screening check-in journey whatever you want to call it your pre-arrival journey people will get bored yeah and you'll never get them to complete it the, the attention the attention you get from people is so much less than it was 10 15 years ago right so the idea that you could be calling people up and going let me tell you you know talk to me about this what's going on they go great i had a really good chat with heather really looking forward to our week here can't wait now it's like back and forth quick quick message okay can you do this for me yeah it better be quick and then i'm on to the next thing that that's just how things are right so you've got to be aware of that as a provider of screening technologies you know if two clicks will do it it's two clicks and then and 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 you work you need to work on making the screening more intelligent in the background not not making it longer and more laborious for the guests because the guests just won't want to do it yeah i I had an experience of of screening back in i think going to miami for the book direct show a couple of years ago and and stayed with a with with a property management company there and they had um a screening process and it was it was laborious it's I kept, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, it kept dropping in my inbox. You've got to do this before we can provide you with more information on, on the property and the key and whatever. And it's like, oh, really? You're just adding another mm. level of complexity to what's already, you know, a complex thing in finding somewhere and making sure it's in the right location. And, you know, how am I going to get from A to B? You're doing all those things. And now you're wanting me to provide more information through a screening process. So how do you balance that need for thorough screening with maintaining a positive guest experience? Yeah, so it's absolutely the number one challenge or should be the number one challenge of anyone in our space offering offering this product is how do I ensure that I'm not asking for someone for a piece of information twice mm-hmm. um, or that it's, it's plainly obvious that they're just being asked to jump through another hoop. And the key word here is integration. It's making sure that if you're using a PMS, the service providers you use are properly integrated with that PMS, that the information is coming through seamlessly, feel, as many fields as possible being auto-populated, that you can hook it to other services you're providing. So organizing a check-in time, organizing, um, paying a damage deposit, paying a damage waiver, signing a rental agreement. There's any range of things that you could do to create a lovely check-in flow. You might want to think about integrating in one of these lovely guest upsell apps, you know, something of that nature. Or you start to offer fridge fills, restaurant bookings, you know, try and remember that you're trying to you're trying to charm this person. You're not trying to it's it's carrot and stick, isn't it? It's the carrot, right? You're, you're trying to make sure you're, you're, you're giving the carrot. And the way you do that is automation and integration. Mm-hmm. And I've seen companies with thousands of listings do this really effectively and get basically 100 percent of people to go through this process because they communicate it really effectively with their guests curate the emails, ensure that they know why they're doing it, what the purpose of it is. And and there's also some other bells and whistles in there too. And it is it's really simple things. It's like, can you confirm what time you'll be arriving? Can you give us your flight number? And then they go, oh, yeah, that's it. I better tell the property manager when we land 
because that'll really help and make sure someone's there to meet us or that'll make sure that if the property's ready early you can then text them and go your home's clean by the way so i know we said four o'clock but you can actually come in from 11 and if you get that if you get that text message when you've arrived i'm sure it's something you guys are trying to do get people in as early as possible as soon as your cleaners have gone it's like right this house is good to go if you land and get that text message oh the host has just messaged me and obviously they've been through that process previously, given you all their details. Maybe they've had to do their passport. Maybe they haven't. You know, they've gone through the process. You've got them what you wanted. But also you've, you've you've been able to get to know them a bit better. You've taken their phone number. You've WhatsApp them. You've then reconfirmed them when they'd like to arrive. You've nailed it because you've turned that into a really personal experience. But you've still managed to ensure that you had all the steps in place you needed to feel safe and secure. Yeah, when I hear you talking about that, I'm like, you know, my head's sort of exploding because I'm still thinking of it in my historical experience of doing everything manually, you know, trying to build all these little steps in together because, you know, way back maybe eight, 10 years ago, these platforms weren't available to be able to provide all this integration into really a, a one button push, you know, Mr. Brown and family arriving, press the button, all this stuff goes out and communication process is all set up and automated. At what point does a property manager need to start, really start thinking that they've got to go away from those manual processes? Because I know there's still plenty of people and not just property managers, but hosts as well. You know, they're Mm. trying to do everything themselves because they're trying to save a little bit of money. But in fact, you know, I know from experience that the, the time, time is money. And if yeah. you're spending a massive time, you've, you've got to, you've got to put a price on your, you know, give yourself an hourly rate. Something, that's something somebody told me years ago. You know, what is your time worth? You know, is it worth $50 an hour? Is it worth $100, $500 an hour? What could you be doing with that time if you weren't manually trying to screen your guests? So at what point do you... In a spreadsheet. In a spreadsheet, yes. In a spreadsheet somewhere, <laughs> yeah. And time time back is, is sanity, isn't it? You know, it's a cup of tea in front of the fire. It's uh, time with your family. It's time watching TV. You know, it's, it's lovely. And I, Heather, I'm sure you've probably met a lot more people than me in this particular stage of their, of their business cycle. People that want out because they can't quite find that balance between work and life in this business. So they're, they've maybe built the property management company to a point and they're saying, right, it's actually getting too much for me. I'm going to hand it, I'm going to hand it on to someone else. You know, I'm sure it, given your connections, you've had loads of those conversations. And so it's the age old question is how much to invest in technology to eat into your mm-hmm. margin that you're trying to also have to, to make sure that you can, can live off what you're doing. There's no right or wrong answer, but there's just shades of, of grey on it. I would fall down on the, the line of more integration Picking your PMS, your screening provider, your pricing software, picking it all really carefully, finding the best in class, negotiating hard on price and making sure that you find other ways to monetize the experience. Because remember, if you know who this guest is, you should be able to upsell to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you know what they're coming for, if you know why they're here, you can start like family of five. They're definitely going to say yes to a fridge fill. Great. I'll do, I'll do them a fridge bill and, and t- charge a small commission for for doing it. And suddenly I'm getting, I'm providing an extra service. I'm getting paid to provide that service. So, you know, it's spending a penny up front to save yourself a, a pound later on as well, right? Because if you invest in screening technology and PMS technology, that's where you're making the whole booking experience safer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could say, well, 
I'm just going to get in and do it all manually, but actually it only takes one or two bad bookings and a few big losses. And actually investing in the technology would have saved you that. And then there's the upsell opportunity, not to mention the marketing opportunity, because the best people are integrating all the technologies are then sending out automated emails to their guests to say, thanks for coming to stay with me. And then they send them one at Christmas. Oh, have you got any Christmas plans? Mm-hmm. Do you want to come back in January? You know, all that sort of stuff. So as much as you can, I'd, I'd run to it. I'd invest your time in it up front and invest your, your money in it because it will help you later on. When you go back to like how, how big do you have to be, there is one school of thought that says, you know, when the spreadsheet will do, you do use the spreadsheet and you just buy the tech that you need. And I probably do believe that, that you just buy the tech you need as you go. But I think probably if you've got one listing that's taking a lot of bookings, I'd automate from day one. I would. And if you've got two, three, four, five, absolutely. Otherwise, before you know it, it's sort of 20, 30 emails you've got to send mm-hmm. every month. And if, and if you can map that whole process out, then it's, it's subcontracting out that part of it to, to someone else who's, a, who's an expert in it. And these, these, we've, got some, we've got some great companies in our space with some really hands-on, product-focused sales teams that talk you through what they're doing. It's finding the good ones, right, and not being afraid. Of course, the other argument is that just do it manually as long as you can because ultimately it means you know when you're ready to automate it, you'll know exactly what you want from that automation. And so mm-hmm. there's an argument there, isn't there, that if you've done it for a, a long period of time and you you're really going to know what you want from your tech stack and your and your software stack. But yeah, I, I, I think I'd lean more on the lean on the side of doing it early. Well, well, certainly f- as far as guest screening is concerned, and I, and I often think if I had my time again, if I was starting up again, what technologies would be the most important? And guest screening is way up there. Maybe because I had experience of the importance of guest screening and doing it manually. But I think I think nowadays, because it's become so impersonal and there's less connection, you've got to have something in place that's going to screen out the real possibilities of of issues happening, as they always will. As we said right at the very beginning, these things will happen. It's just a matter of time. And if you can put something in place to avoid that, then I think that that is super important. Let's just cover a couple of things that we, you know, I, I meant to mention earlier on and I didn't, which are, you know, how does guest screening help in things like damage prevention, identifying fraud and combating fraudulent chargebacks? You know, it's all these things that we, re- you know, when we get excited about getting into the business and about starting up this exciting new venture, we don't think about these things. So how does screening, how does a good screening process contribute to all that? Yeah, it's a really important, it's a really important part to focus on because the issue of fraud, it's, it's a moving target. It changes all the time. It's evolving the whole time. It's a huge problem in Europe. It's a huge problem in North America. Undoubtedly, the more transactions that happen online, on marketplaces, on websites, make everybody more vulnerable to this type of crime. It's where the most criminals are, are active these days. They're not robbing shops. You know, they're not robbing uh, electronic shops. They're, they're online scamming and phishing and, and doing fraudulent things. So it's part of the toolkit for beating it. You, I think you absolutely have to do it. I think be aware of your market. Some markets are, have, the, have the fraud and chargeback thing worse than others. And some markets are more damage related because you might have party bookings, stag and hen parties, bachelor, bachelorette parties, whatever you want to call them. You know, you mentioned damage prevention there. So it could be that it's damage prevention because you want to deter those active groups who are coming to party from coming. And if you put someone through a screening, get them to sign your guest agreement, maybe even take a security deposit from them and tell them they're liable for damages. 
that's really going to distill in them the importance of not misbehaving when they're there. They might not even want a book or they might say to their friends, look, it's my name on here. And what we've found is that even when damage does happen, when we're providing our damage protection, because Superhog obviously has a $5 million guarantee against damage. So we have experience of that as well. We're able to lean on people's better judgment by referencing the fact, you know, say it's a bachelor party and we say, look, I can see what's happened here. You've all got a bit carried away after being at the nightclub. The lead guest here has gone through the screening. Their name's going to flag to, to the database next time they try and book a lovely trip with their partner or their family. And then before you know it, the money gets gathered up and collected from everybody and, and, and paid. Now, you don't have any way of getting of recouping that if you haven't screened them up front and put them through that put them through that test. So it will reduce initially, so it'll reduce the instance from happening, it will deter. And when they do happen, it gives you some sort of way of chasing back and going, well, look, you know, we've, your details are here, you're going to flag to this database, it's, it's within your interest to make this right. And normally where damage is concerned, if it's premeditated, someone's organising a wedding, and they've not told you, someone is filming something in, in a property, someone is having a, an organised party, you're never going to hear from that person again. There's no chance of getting that money back. That's why you have to screen because they will not want to give you real details. And if you're able to check their details by screening them, you'll see that they're using a false email Mm -hmm. that you can't send an email to, a a phone number that's not linked to their name. So a burner phone instead of a a contract phone. Or you'll see that they've gone and taken some information from the internet in the hope that they can get through the screening. But actually we can see it's in a forum that they've gone and got it from. Same thing with fraud and chargebacks being a problem. Let's move on to that. Screening technology can say, oh, that we've seen these emails and phone numbers before and they were used for a fraudulent transaction somewhere else in the world. So it will deter, it will reduce. But also, when that person tries to make that chargeback, you then have a whole list of things you can send to the credit card company. Say, look, here's a time-stamped screening photo against their passport or driving license. Here's where they filled in this information. Here's where they signed this contract. They signed my rental agreement here on this date. So I can tell you that they were in the property. And that's how you win the chargeback. Well, that's how you try to win the chargeback case. <laughs> it's it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. But that's another it's another um, tool in your box of, of things to say. And also you have this they have this concept of saying fraud where you say, I wasn't there. You know, credit card was stolen. It wasn't me. Now, it might be a stolen credit card. It might be money laundering and the guests might never use the property. But it also might be someone trying it on and saying, I just I wasn't there. But that's fraud. Second one is friendly fraud, where you turn around and say, I'm not paying for this because the towels took three hours to, to be delivered one evening and I didn't have any towels. As an operator, that's where your rental agreement is part of your trust toolbox is you put there what your SLA <coughs> is. If they send you an email or they send you a message on the OTA, how many minutes, hours will it take you to reply? How long, how long will it take you to call out and deliver something that you've forgotten? Have it all written out there. They sign it. And then you can send that to the credit card company and say, well, actually, they agreed that we could deliver it in three hours. And that, again, unfortunately, is just you have to be really savvy because people will try these things. And it's getting worse. So it's just having a toolbox in place where you can deter, reduce, and then ultimately fight, fight back if you need to. This is such a great conversation. And, you know, one of the reasons why we set this up in in the very first place, it's one of the conversations that doesn't often take place. And I'm yeah. you know, so happy that you came along to talk about it, Leo. Can you tell us then about Superhog and about the guest screening product that you have? So we see ourselves as a trust and safety provider. 
uh, within short-term rentals. We exist to make the booking experience safer for hosts and for guests, but essentially we're encouraging people to invest in our technology to make sure that they're mitigating their risk and reducing the amount of damages that happen off the back of that. We have a range of products that, that, that we can provide to do that, which are screening based, right? So we, you can have a very light screening with us where the guest is only asked to fill in a few details where we can still run very deep checks on those details. Or we can go deeper and we can ask for an ID and you can start to, in some states in America now you have to do, it's compulsory to do a sex offender background check in certain areas. So obviously we can include those checks. So there's a toolbox of screening that you can include. And I would say, back to what I said at the start, if you only need two clicks and you only need a very light version of it, it's still a really substantial check. If you, you think your guests are not gonna wanna go through lots and lots of checks, you can make it very short. Again, we're linked with all the major PMSs, a lot of the portals. We're very, very integrated across the industry. So you might actually be using a Superhog screening, but it's being hosted by another provider. And that's what I mean about this point about integration and automation. I'm going to repeat that point because it just beeped in my ear. Um, so, so we're integrated with many of the PMSs and many of the screening providers because we, we're really driven to make sure that our product is available in whatever tech stack you're using. And it, is, it means that, again, minimizing, the, reducing the amount of clicks that a guest has to make to, to go on that journey and provide those screening. And like I say, when we get that information, we can run very deep, deep checks on people's email addresses, phone numbers, date of birth. And that's where we can really pull in the fraud databases, chargebacks, also our own database. So remember, we've been doing business as Superhog since 2020. And then previously, since in 2017, our insurance arm, but since 2020, Superhog. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of guest information in there about if something's happened that's significant and someone hasn't made it right and they've run off without paying. So we can also give you the benefit of that of that watch list and tell you, do not take this guest because we have evidence to suggest that, that they're not a good guest. So that's the screening element of it. Like I say, it's plug and play. You might include the ID screen. You might not. I would say as few clicks as possible. Keep, keep, keep it interesting for your guests. Don't allow them to get bored. And then that's when, if you want to, we can add in things like a damage waiver. We can collect that for you. We can remit it to you with a handling fee. Or we can take a security deposit from your, de- from your guest. We can include your rental agreement in our guest journey alongside our T's and C's. And we can create that check-in flow for you. It can be white-labeled, so it looks like your branding, looks like your environment. That's another really cool way for a property manager to elevate their brand, is you can we can customize that journey to look like your environment. And then finally, if, it, if you want it, if it's necessary, we can also provide you our $5 million protection for every booking that we've screened. Because for us, screening services are part of the whole toolbox we think that makes your property super safe so we're born remember we were born as an insurance company so we've got risk management at our heart we know we know definitively that if you screen guests you will reduce the incidence of damage by an industry average of a factor of 10 mm-hmm. that's what yeah. our that's what our data it's huge that's what our data shows from our insurance days from what airbnb say about damage from what other operators say about damage by screening, you can reduce that by a factor of 10, but still things can go wrong. Accidents can happen. You know, people can drop things and burn kitchens down and all that, all that sort of stuff. So we think damage protection can also be a part of that. But essentially, we consult. You tell us what you're looking for and, and we fit the solution. And almost always it links to another piece of software, mm-hmm. normally the PMS. But of course, for those without a PMS, you can use the solution manually. So, so this is suitable for independent operators as well as larger property managers you go across the board yeah absolutely and i think like 
my experience in the industry is that that's the, the, the biggest segment of host out there is the one with less than mm-hmm. 10 properties. Excellent. Leo, I'm just going to ask you one more question before we finish. Looking forward to the future, how do you see screening technology and practices evolve? It's a great question. Screening providers, namely Superhog, in this this instance, I'm sure uh, you could go across sector, will we'll get smarter, um, linked to more databases, more more learning about behaviour, how people are, uh, what you can learn about someone when they're going through the journey, what data points you collect. So this technology is getting smarter and it's becoming more integrated to the point where you as a guest may not even need to hit the screening environment for us to be able to notify a host mm-hmm. that, that that person is fully screened. That's very cool. So you almost move into this world of having a digital passport that you take with you that goes across sectors. And and I think all of that will come, right? So an understanding that if you've gone through one or two checks, mm-hmm. therefore this person is is safe. And that might that might apply outside of vacation rental uh, across the board. And yeah. again, everyone's trying to reduce clicks on their screening journey. That's a very important thing to do. So where that leads me to believe it will end up is it all just happens automated in the background. I love that. Long, long way from collecting driver's license details and social security numbers. I was going to say, we can do the kind of serious, not so nice part of it as quickly and efficiently and almost behind closed doors. It lets you get on with the warm, cuddly stuff, right? And that's <laughs> and that's what it is. So, you know, again, it goes back to what I said early on. We want to trust people. We just want to give you the ability to verify who that person is so that you can get on with trusting them and delighting them. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Leo, so much for joining me, for telling us about Superhog. Of course, the information on Superhog will be in the show notes and featured on the stir crazy part of our website. Thank you for contributing to Safety Week of Stir Crazy Month. And um, we will cross paths again at a conference (laughs) near us in the future. I'm quite sure. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Leo from Superhog. That was a great conversation. And one that, you know, this is a conversation we need to have, like all of these conversations in Stir Crazy Month, whether we're talking about safety or sustainability or trust or insurance or regulations, we need to have that grounding, that understanding in these core pillars of our business. And screening is is a part of the whole safety field because it's safety of you as a host and as a property manager. So I hope you enjoyed that and please go and find out more about uh, Superhog and their guest screening technology. Okay, that's it for this week in um, Safety Week. Next week, we'll be talking to Chris Morn in Trust Week. That's Chris Morn of IPRAC. And that is also some, a really essential conversation to have about trust in this business because if you don't have the trust of your guests if you don't have the trust of your owners you aren't going to have a business and I think I'm going to come back to this over and over again the fact if you're not paying attention to these particular topics you may not have a business within the next five to ten years so not really harsh stuff it's just common sense So on that note thank you so much for joining us and we will continue with Trust Week next week. That was some amazing information, and we hope you'll take the chance to implement some of these ideas in your short-term rental business in 2024. 
Don't forget to connect and give our thanks to our platinum sponsor for Stir Crazy Month, Proper Insurance. Click the link in the description of this episode to connect with the team at Proper for a no-obligation chat. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.